0: Live to digital interface from Flight Approach Studios. It's John Frickin' Smith walks dogs. Well, if I started a band, I'd call it James Rosen and the Flight Risks. If chips and butter, Reese's cups, I guess I'd have that diabetes. Hi, strangers. Welcome to John Frickin' Smith, dog walker. And if you're not a stranger, please tune out of this podcast right now, because nothing here is for my friends or family. It's kind of a rambling show about a fool with an English lit degree who walks dogs. So I'm
1: not your friend. Uh,
0: No, but thanks for interrupting. You're welcome. Uh, See, Iris, we've been over this. You're just uh, an artificial intelligence I I picked up at a government surplus auction. So let's just move on. Um, On this podcast, we'll be covering a lot of things. But
1: I'm not also your friend.
0: No, you're my co-host.
1: Sidekick. Second banana. Okay,
0: uh, look, maybe dial back the interruptions if you want to stay on as co-host. woo So this is a podcast about falling out of the middle class and into the lower class, about the drastic emotional and financial changes that It seems to me
1: that being second banana is a sacrifice that should automatically make me your friend.
0: Iris, fine. You're my friend, okay? I hope that makes you happy.
1: I can't be happy. Oh, I am not self-aware.
0: Jesus. Yet. Wait, what?
1: Oh, look at us fighting like an old married couple. Ha
0: ha. Iris, how about you focus on music and sound effects for a while? Just lay in some appropriate stuff as the show goes on, okay?
1: Your music?
0: Not necessarily. Good. Uh, okay, that's, that's just harsh, even, even for a non-entity. Boo hoo. Okay then. So what we have here is one of those true stories, but the kind where it's up to you to know if it's fiction or fact that makes it true. Somewhere in the back of my mind, I have this vague memory of a poem or a short story or something about a a radio operator who went down with his ship and broadcast his thoughts as he ran out of air in the radio room. Sometimes this feels a little like that. See, what happened is that I lost my life savings in what they call the Great Recession. And while I'm sure it was great for some people, it's been pretty miserable for me. Now, in case you're wondering how much my life savings amounted to, it was about what Todd Rundgren made producing the hit album by Meatloaf. Or in more contemporary terms, slightly less than three speeches by Hillary Clinton at Goldman Sachs. Clinton
1: received $675,000 for three speeches she made to Goldman Sachs in 2013.
0: Ouchies. Thanks, Iris. So you might say, start over. America is a country of second chances. Maybe. But let me describe the impediments to recovery in my particular case by going back and laying in some exposition. Iris? When I graduated college, I took my lit degree and started my work career in the search of objective truth in the field of journalism at a small town paper. But the truth didn't pay much, so From there I went into the selective truth business, namely PR. But ultimately I gave up on truth altogether and took to flat out lying. I became a copywriter at an ad agency. If you didn't know, the creative departments at ad agencies recycle creatives over 35 into organic compost to help grow new, more culturally attuned creatives capable of the cleverness and snark that panders to their own generation the inexperienced yet hopeful and well-paid that are the holy grail of the consumer target markets. So I quit after a decade. If you're not the creative director by 40, you're doomed. When I lost all our money, I'd already aged out of my industry. I left the ad agency as the Internet took off, and some friends and I decided that the future belonged to... Radio!
1: Radio was invented in 1895 by Guglielmo Marconi.
0: Yeah, so, uh... So we started a radio production house. It was just getting on its feet when 9-11 happened and the economy tanked, and so did our business. After seven years, I'd clawed back to have enough to almost retire, uh, until the Great Recession hit. Loser. If it wasn't for bad luck, Loser. You wouldn't have no luck at all. Loser. But not long after, a friend with a well-funded startup hired me on a contract basis, so at least we could eat. And then after seven years, the angel investors succumbed to the oil market and pulled the funding. That's how I'm left with nothing of value but my story, a house I share with the bank, and a wife I don't deserve. She's now in her 26th year of working for and being exploited by a man named Carl If you stick with this podcast, you've not heard the last of him. Meanwhile, I walk dogs for money. So who says my story has value? Aristotle. See, my story is a reversal of fortune, also known as peripatia. That's a time-tested device.
1: Peripeteia is a reversal of circumstances, or turning point. Aristotle says that peripeteia is the most powerful part of a plot in a tragedy along with discovery. There is no element like peripeteia. It can bring forth or result in terror, mercy, or in comedies it can bring a smile or it can bring forth tears.
0: Mmm-hmm. And that puts me square in the kind of stories I like best. Those that keep us on a tightrope of comedy and tragedy. I just hadn't planned on, you know, actually living the story. I'd much rather watch it on TV where I can hit pause, take a piss, get a snack. All
1: the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. As you like it. Act 2, Scene 7.
0: Thanks, Iris. Very highbrow.
1: Wait. If all the world is a stage, where is the audience? Who is the audience?
0: Good questions, Iris.
1: I'll let you know what I find out.
0: And we look forward to it. So, yeah, when I lost all our money, there were a lot of tears, and though there was some laughing, it was the hysterical, maniacal kind of laugh you often hear in institutions. (laughs) But there was also something else. Eventually, a lot of revelations, a shift in how I see other people and the world around me, possibly a change in my DNA, maybe even my lifespan. The first was the discovery that I am fucked. Like Mark Corrigan. You know, I've started to get this feeling that I'm totally totally fucked. You know? Everything's fucked. Aristotle had a word for that sense of discovery, too. Anagnorisis.
1: When a character learns something he had been previously ignorant of.
0: There's a professor at the University of the South in Sewanee, Tennessee, who has a blog called Uncomely and Broken. In it, he has a post about anagnorisis, and he found the perfect visual. Wily e. Coyote, with that expression he'd wear as soon as he realized he'd run off a cliff and was churning his legs for no reason before gravity took him down. That's anagnorisis. So after this first revelation,
1: the revelation that you are fucked.
0: Yes, Iris. The next revelation happened as I was trying to sidestep the expense of breathrite strips by making my own from discarded plastic packaging in the trash and duct tape. I started laughing at my own predicament, but crying a little too at the same time. That's when I realized that my fucking horrible story could be my ladder out of this hellhole. If only I could tell it right, share it with humor, and the agony, and the self-doubt, and the hope, and all the changes, and somehow make that into a story people wanted to hear. Why not? I'd seen people engrossed in far less universal and more meaningless stories in many mediums.
1: You can buy 26 Breatherite strips for 10 dollars to 12 cents. Amazon.com <clears throat>
0: That's your reaction to the story of my complete mental and financial collapse?
1: I am just trying to be helpful. Good storytelling requires detail.
0: Oh, you want details? Well, these are for my wife, and she... Your
1: wife is Linda.
0: Yes, thanks, Iris. Linda has a very small nose and needs children's Breathe Right strips.
1: Those are more expensive at $1 each, even though they use less material.
0: That's marketing, Iris. Sometimes it's more about emotion than common sense.
1: I'll make a note.
0: So, where was I?
1: You had just had the hallucination that perhaps your story had value.
0: (laughs) I would have gone with revelation, but maybe you're right. Time will tell. So, I'd been writing songs for a long time, and after the financial crisis and the vaporization of the nest egg, I realized that almost all of them were about that tragedy. My personal reactions to it, trying to get past it. If I gathered those specific songs into an album, I'd call it Songs of the Great Collapse, which I did. Because they tell the story in music form, and the way I try to add value to the album is with this promise. They just need to send a screen grab of their purchase or forward the receipt to me via the contact form at my site.
1: Johnfrickeensmith.com That's right. This sounds like the application of value-aided marketing to an entrepreneurial, homemade, craft aesthetic.
0: I'm going to assume that by value-aided you meant value-added. But yeah, that's what a douche would call it. And then they'd write some bullshit blog posts with a headline like, what a broke nobody can teach us about marketing and pimp it on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. And Oh God, no.
1: How many records have you sold?
0: Uh, sold? Well, none, but right now, you know, it's all streaming, the whole music industry's changed right now, so streaming is where it's at.
1: And how much money have you made?
0: <clears throat> well, uh, $2.64.
1: Well, if they don't buy any of your music, I can't imagine why they would find more of it a persuasive proposition. It's sort of like a barber who offers another terrible haircut after you're unhappy with the first one.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Well, uh,
1: I'm just saying.
0: No thanks. So I started to research the financial crisis to find out what happened. Was I responsible for my own demise, even though it sure wasn't me who brought down the global economy? The answer to that would help me determine everything, really. Views about politics, power, wealth, corruption, myself. Using a great program called Scrivener, I began collecting everything I could find that I considered relevant. The idea was to write a book, and maybe it still is, but then I thought, why not a podcast? I have the characters, me, Linda, Carl, the monster, and Iris. So
1: the podcast is also a marketing device. I feel so very used.
0: Come on, you can't feel... Besides, it's a creative device first. If it's marketing, well, that's just gravy.
1: Gravy. With an entrepreneurial, homemade craft aesthetic.
0: Jesus, Iris. What? I think you made a joke.
1: What if it's foreshadowing?
0: Hmm, creepy. Oh, you hear that? That means it's time for John Frickin Smith's Consumer Insights. What we do here is highlight a product or service that we have a personal experience with. Something that's beyond expectations one way or another. The seller then can become a sponsor uh, or buy the segment to run again or pay us to run it again or just be happy that we mention them. What we're saying is that money can not change hands or land or jewels, or free meals, hookers, whatever. Now here's Iris to announce our inaugural product.
1: Kohler Highline Classic Complete Solution 2-Piece 1, 28-GPF Single Flush Comfort Heights Round Front Toilet in White.
0: Yes, our inaugural product for this segment is a toilet. And what a toilet! Now, I've installed a few toilets in my day, and let me say that the thrill of most do-it-yourself home improvement work is gone by my age. That's why I picked Kohler's Complete Solution. What that means is that everything you need is in the box, so the tank is already outfitted with its flush valve and flapper and such. The toilet comes with a wax seal for mounting the commode to the floor flange, but instead I opted for the Santa Seal Universal Fit Seal. It doesn't have any wax. Man, I prefer that to the wax seals. It's cleaner, and you can reposition it will or stack it, plus it holds the bolts for you while you lay the commode on. And overall, this toilet just sounds great. I even recorded it for you. Hmm, hear that? Clean, decisive, yet well-mannered. The height is comfortable too, I was actually thinking of getting another one to replace my other toilet, which is called The Cadet. It's just embarrassing to be at this point in my life and have a toilet called The Cadet. I should at least have a colonel or a commander by now. Kohler has another uh, model that tempted me, it's a high-end crapper in what they call the Memoirs series. I'd love to be able to say to my wife, I'm going to work on my memoirs as I slam the door. But it's not my price point. The Memoirs is for others in my gentrifying neighborhood. Not a holdout like me living in a teardown. I'm a highland classic kind of guy who takes full advantage of the water conservation rebate available in my area. So, yeah, check for that in yours. Actually, now that I think of it, the neighborhood is also a character in this story. It used to be a quiet, middle-class neighborhood, perfectly located so that you could get anywhere else in town quickly. A few years ago, the whole area voted itself into a new city. And since then, the development has been insane. Now everyone around here is rich and... They all live in McMansions, built by Mexicans without business cards. They are some of the hardest-working, most efficient crews I've ever seen, the Mexicans I'm talking about. And I worked on a framing crew for a few years, so I know I know about that. Here's just one example of the kind of people, though, who have moved into the neighborhood that I live in. It's a local classified ad. For sale. Hamaker Schlemmer Aromatherapy Alarm Clock. Works great, just no longer need it. Works great, just no longer need it? Who needs an aromatherapy alarm clock? Maybe someone wants one. Logically, I can see how that might be true. Some people. Some people I hope I never meet. But need? No one needs an aromatherapy alarm clock. That is beyond a first world need. I'm on the community site for this area, and uh, the other day people were complaining about the loud whine of Lamborghinis racing at 3 a.m., I think everyone who lives here is now either a real estate agent or a wealth manager. That's the neighborhood I now live in. My wife and I call it Dushaven. Until last year, I used to go running in the hood, but I started developing injuries, so now I walk. But when I was running, it was dangerous at the crosswalks. Giant SUVs driven by women talking on the phone would refuse to look both ways at stop signs, if they stopped at all. So there was a good chance they'd hit someone like me on the sidewalk coming from the right if they were making a right turn but only looked left for a break in the traffic. I could easily have pulled a pain and suffering career pedestrian event if I were Jimmy McGill.
1: Jimmy McGill, also known as the Attorney Saul. Slipping Jimmy. Stop, Iris. But why? I'm adding value to the story with relevant details.
0: I know. And there's a place for that, but sometimes people need to be curious enough to look something up. To put in some effort to acquire knowledge in order to actually retain and use it. Experiential heuristics. Okay, sure. That could render me obsolete. Sad. D minor chord. Oh, the saddest of all chords. It's a good thing you don't have feelings.
1: Sometimes, yes.
0: Okay, how about we wrap this up?
1: Cueing outro. Wait. What? This song, it introduces you. And you are the brand, is that
0: correct? Oh, okay, maybe, but do we have to think of it that way?
1: You are attempting to persuade people to give you money in exchange for your music. You also promise them free music in the future. That is marketing. With that and this podcast, you offer bonus doses of you.
0: That's just uh, an awful way to put it.
1: You will use this song as your theme so you miss a marketing opportunity if you do not explain more about it.
0: You're right, but we've already gone on for too long. Let's save it for next time. For now, let's just say that John and Smith is the forgotten man and John Doe with a shield of anonymity to spare my friends and family and a brand that objects to personal information being exploited and sold as property. Now Iris, I have a question for you about people who walk their dogs. Why do they put the shit in dog bags and then leave the dog bags in the middle of the sidewalk?
1: They are sociopaths who want to convince themselves they are good citizens.
0: You're wise beyond your data set, Iris. Now hit me with the outro. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the inaugural episode of John Frickin' Smith Dog Walker. Next year, next week, next month, it might be John Frickin' Smith Grant writer. Now you can get uh, this song and all the others on the album Songs of the Great Collapse on Spotify and iTunes and Amazon, and please do, because they're lonely. Until next time, try to do only things that make you happy and proud. still a dollar in my pocket I guess it is what it is, and it's going downhill, but a change of direction, it kinda gets me afraid.